Hi and welcome back to India on 99.94, your home of Indian cricket content. Do uh, subscribe to us uh, on your podcast feed uh, if you can, if, if that is the way you consume us. You can also catch us on YouTube, of course, and via the 99.94 app. I'm your host, Nikesh Raghani, BBC commentator, alongside Sarah Waris, my co-host of Wisden, based uh, out in Lucknow. And uh, Sarah, there's... There's been so much. I mean, there's always so much breaking stuff around Indian cricket. But since we last spoke, the entire selection committee has been sacked. Um, So they're currently playing on a tour in New Zealand without a selection committee, without a head coach out there, without any clear structure on the way forward for their T20 team, for their ODI team, who's going to be the permanent captain going forward, all those question marks around this Indian team. And of course, they're in New Zealand just a few days after finishing their work in the T20 World Cup down in Australia as well. Kind of makes sense in a geographical you know, setting that they're in that part of yeah. the world. They might as well go and fulfil their obligations in New Zealand. But so soon after to, to have that series, England have, have got the same problems, really. They're currently playing... Against Australia, that series has just literally finished as we're recording this. And nobody cares. Nobody's coming to watch. Nobody in England cares. Nobody's watching on TV. The Australian public don't care. There's too much cricket. India are in a state of chaos at the moment with no selection committee. So we're going to be discussing all that today uh, regarding uh, the the selectors and what to do next, what will happen next, and, and just the fact that there's so much cricket and and so much confusion as well <laughs> at the same time. The FIFA World Cup has started as well. Um, and I'm sure many listening and, and watching us on YouTube will be uh, glued to that as well. Have you have you got a particular team, Sarah? Have you got any interest in the FIFA World Cup? I have no interest in football. Okay. No interest all right. so, <laughs> at all. <laughs> there's my conversation burning and crashing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously that I mean look in India there's there's loads of interest isn't there in the FIFA World Cup. Everyone usually yeah. sort of, you know, picks a team based on so sometimes it's geographical. A lot of the people in Bengal have an affiliation to Argentina. Yeah, I'm from Bengal. Yeah, I'm yeah. from Bengal, so I grew up in, you know, that FIFA world. And it's Argentina, right? There's Brazil and there's Argentina. Brazil okay. or Argentina. So, that, you know, there's always this rivalry. And it's so much so that you almost feel like, you know, you are there because the verandas, the balconies, they have flags just hanging, uh, hanging from, you know, from the houses and all. And it uh, it seems like you know bengal has turned into mini argentina mini brazil for the entirety of the um, world cup so it's a huge thing in bengal and everyone is a fan of cricket or football and both most of the time in bengal so see football's uh, massive there anyway even were, domestic yeah. football isn't it whereas domestic football yeah. across india isn't as popular they've tried it with the mm-hmm. isl and all those types of things but when it comes to international tournaments, you know, I suppose in Goa, it's it's really big. A lot of them support Portugal because of the roots. Mm. Uh, Kerala, it's quite big as well. There, there are certain pockets, but when it's the World Cup, the whole country gets into it. And I, uh, the only reason I mention that is because I bet more people are interested in the FIFA World Cup right now in India than they probably are in yeah. India versus New Zealand, right? <laughs> Which just goes to show, I mean, the cricket, you know, is the national sport is is by far the most popular sport in India. It's it's sort of 
the sport for everybody. It's the sport that, you know, anyone and everyone can play, whether you're in a street gully or whether you're at an elite club in uh, in a posh private school in Mumbai. You know, it, it, everybody plays cricket. Everybody follows cricket. But right now, there is just too much cricket. And, and I bet more people are interested in the Football <laughs> World Cup right now uh, as that has kicked off. I didn't even know. Yeah. I didn't even know Surya Kumar scored a hundred on Sunday uh, till a friend pointed out that Surya Kumar is goat. I was like, "What did he do?" And then I went and saw the scorecard, <laughs> and I didn't even know Deepak Hooda picked up four wickets. Till I was watching the match today, I had to watch it today because I'm working, so couldn't escape that. And I didn't even know that Hooda picked up four wickets in the last match. So I'm just yeah, yeah it got a duck though. It was Monotonous. out for a duck in, in that yeah. match, but, but he got the four wickets as well. Um, look, I mean. Let, let's let's get into it then. I mean, the, the squad that was selected initially by that selection committee, mm. who then got the sack, um, it was done in advance, of course. Um, it's a weird one because you've got people like Bouvi, who, mm. as we mentioned last time, he's 32, he's going to be 34, nearly 35 by the time the next T20 World Cup comes around. It's probably the only international format he's going to or, or has been playing really, you know, at this current time, will he be playing it going forward? Well, the selectors certainly thought he might be. So they they picked him, which is, is strange when you've got a meaningless series like this. You want to just give as many people an opportunity as possible. Of course, you want a few of your senior guys there. And that's why Hardik Pandya is there and Inyasur Kumar Yadav's there. And, you know, that that's why... You've got players like this. Ashdeep Singh now, you know, is such an important member of the side. He's still there. They didn't want to rest him. They said, no, you you carry on and we want you to play as much of this format as possible. You say, all right, fair enough. Yuzi Chahel's there. You know, that, that experience in, in some of those positions. But then you you want to experiment a little bit. You want to try out new players. You've ultimately, you know, semi-final or no semi-final, you've failed at the T20 World Cup. You've failed in T20 international cricket for the last couple of years at least. And, you know, just, just give these new guys a chance. So some of those selections I don't understand. Um, I mean, let's... Gil was there when, you know, Gil, not, T20i is not his yeah. best format, you could say. So Gaikwad wasn't there in the ODI team when he is brilliant in ODI. So... Yeah, we had spoken about all these weird selections. So having said all of that... No Bishnoi there, which was, yeah, strange also. Yeah, Ravi Bishnoi as well, who's who's been in mostly Mm. in the setup over the last year or so and then all of a sudden left out. Um, Quite dramatic fashion, really, because he's the kind of player who you should be grooming for the future as, as one of your top spinners in this format and in white ball cricket. Having said all that then the selectors and and what they've been doing since this particular committee was initially selected and and now obviously uh, sacked um were they just getting it wrong all the time was was this the final straw was it was the world cup the final straw probably i mean this series okay you know they they did it quite far in advance as well um but was the world mm. cup the final straw just all these weird selections that they've been making i am a little torn um 
about this answer because on one hand there were such weird selections well, and the whole captaincy mess about Virat Kohli and everything they weren't the best but on the other hand I am tempted to say that it was just a you know knee-jerk reaction from the BCCI because this is exactly the squad that Rohit Sharma and Rahul Ravid wanted it's not a squad that um, they didn't want Ashwin was a pick because um Rohit Sharma wanted him there. You can argue that in the last World Cup, 2021 World Cup in UAE, Virat Kohli didn't get the team that he wanted because there were reports that emerged later that uh, he wanted Chell in the team. Uh, but Rohit Sharma, who wasn't the captain then, he was like, no, uh, you know, we should pick uh, Ashwin. And Ashwin later in an interview said that uh, because of backing of Rohit Sharma, he was picked in the uh, team. So there is a debate that can be made that Virat Kohli didn't get the squad for 2021 uh, but this is exactly the squad that Rohit Sharma and Rahul Ravid wanted you know Avesh Khan they wanted him to get a bigger run they weren't very keen on having Sanju Samson around so I am torn they not that the selection committee were without falls there were a number of things which they didn't address but um, I think they are not like we are doing this whole episode on that, but I think it's like they are not the only ones to blame for all the weird selections. I don't know how you feel about that, but um, based on what I've seen and what I've read about it, I think um, yeah, Rohit and this is this was Rohit uh, Rohit and Rahul's team. Yeah, ultimately, look, they they seemed happy with the squad mm. that was given to them, and and they have that input as well. And we'll 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 answer that question. Mm in this episode as well in terms of do you, do you even need a committee if if you've got a captain and coach making all the decisions so we'll, we'll come to that shortly but I just want to throw something back to you as well because look it's it's been an age-old thing in Indian cricket where selectors and selection committees and in the past you know people who hold important positions within the BCCI who have influence over selections or you know shouldn't have always been like that but usually mm. you know there were people who weren't officially selectors who had a massive sway on who gets selected and it's basically regional bias that that used to take place a lot mm. and if you'd have like a chairman or of selectors or a president that's from Mumbai or from the West, then all these Mumbai cricketers will get selected. I remember going to India in, I've been so many times over the year, I think it was 05 or something like that, 06, something like that, and landed in Mumbai, was being driven to Pune to go and stay with my parents, who my dad was working out there for three years on a secondment um, with HSBC at the time. And, and on that journey, I was just talking to the driver who happened to be a big cricket fan. And he all he was doing was moaning about the fact that Ajit Agarkar wasn't selected in the Indian team for, I can't remember which series. or yeah, I think it might have been the Champions, it might have been 06 Champions Trophy, which was held in India. Yeah. And he wasn't selected in that. And by that yeah. time, Ajit Agarkar wasn't past it because he then came back and won the T20 World Cup. But he wasn't like, you know playing so amazingly yeah. well that you wouldn't be able to drop somebody like him. He, he had his failures, uh, you know, there were tours to Australia and all that stuff where he got all those ducks in a row. I know he wasn't a batter, but he wasn't taking wickets either. And yeah, he performed okay in, in the Ranji Trophy that year, but 
He was just basically just having a go at the selectors because there's no representative from Mumbai. That's why Ajit Agarka is not playing. And, you know, it was always like that. Anyone you talk to, they, they've always got their, their own sort of story about, oh, this cricketer from my state mm. wasn't selected because the guys, the selectors from Mumbai or from Chennai or wherever. And do, do you think that is still a thing, that regional bias? I don't really think so, but there there are these, you know, uh, digs at the honey that, you know, this player's in the team because of CSK quota or Tamil Nadu quota or whatever. So there were these digs, but I don't really uh, think that's the case anymore because there's just so much of um, talent and uh, if that really was the case, then Prithvisha should have been the first name, you know, there because Rohit Sharma is from Mumbai and all of that. So, um... I don't really think that's the reason now, at least like, you know, with this election committee, like from what it appears, I don't know what it's like really internally, uh, because there's no um, heavy, like, you know, weightage towards one zone or one um, district being given. So I don't think that's the case now. It's just a case of absurd selections and uh, selections, which in the long run have not really worked out and leaving the Indian team with a lot of answers like in case of injury where is uh, what is Jadeja's replacement so you know all these things they've not really worked uh, these out so there's no left-hander in the team and where's Bishnoi and about the batting depth and all that so it's these uh, yeah with the selections also they've not really been able to answer all these questions for the long term uh, is yeah, what I a think. lot of short-term thinking so so what is next well we'll try and answer that we'll take a short break and we'll try and answer that off the bat I'm Neil Manthorpe one half of South Africa on 99.94 with Lungani Zama we're covering the Rainbow Nation as it undergoes its biggest transition since readmission we cover every part of the South African game on 99.94 and you can hear us several times a week where you find your podcasts or on youtube so looking forward then we've we've all seen the advert for the selectors jobs i thought of having a, a cheeky look at the application and the criteria and seeing if i could just maybe put myself forward for it um but in all reality you know just having a look to see what the criteria was and uh so the candidates who who should apply for this? Uh, they they should have played a minimum of seven test matches, or thirty first class matches, or ten ODI and twenty first class matches, and they should have been retired for at least five years as well. So, I mean, there's a bit of why why do T Twenty internationals not count? But they have to have been retired from the game for five years and. I know T Twenty internationals have been around for about fifteen, seventeen years, but. I, I don't mind so much about that. Um, but the point I will make is, does it matter if you've played international cricket or not? Because if you're like an, you know, I don't know, an Amal Majumdar or some someone like that, who didn't yeah. make the grade, but has been on the circuit for so long, players like that who've played so much Ranji cricket, and I'm not putting him forward for the job. I'm just giving an example of, of somebody like him who, who've been successful, been a top player in the Ranji Trophy tournament for so many years, have now retired. 
but didn't get to play international cricket through, you know, various things, a little bit of luck, a little bit of that regional bias could have come into it in his day, mm. certainly. But they're, they've got more knowledge of domestic cricket and the talent coming through and, and maybe what's wrong with the yeah. system and bringing through talented players to the international level, all those types of things. They've probably got more knowledge of all that kind of stuff because they're on the ground, they see it. Whereas international players, they literally mostly just play for India. They don't really play for their state sides anymore, hardly. You know, once in a blue moon, they might. And maybe in the, you know, domestic T20 in the side, Mushtaq Ali Trophy and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But in terms of like having an actual grasp, does, does it matter that, you know, you, if you've played international cricket or not? Should should that be a criteria? No, not really. More than that, um, I, I know you are you don't really consider the T20I experience um, like important. But uh, I somehow find that bizarre because, you know, with the T20I experience, um, players who've played like 30, 40 years ago, they don't really, they are picking teams like we've seen. They are picking teams based on what the game was then and somehow they've not really adapted with um, with the changes. And Probably, maybe they could have changed the criteria from five years to, you know, retire two years ago or something like that, which, or maybe have a separate selection committee just for T20Is and make a whole specialist team because we've spoken so much about uh, the approach towards T20 changing and that just won't change. You know, you tell the players, you tell someone like Shreya Sayer, go out and just play attacking cricket. That's not going to change. Like, it needs to change from the grassroots. So why not have a whole different selection committee for T20Is also and make a different team? Like, we've seen recently Australia, they were playing a test match against uh, England, I think. Uh, Not sure which team, or Pakistan. And the T20I team was playing a full-fledged series uh, in Sri Lanka. So, and they weren't like uh, second string team or third string team like the Indians would like to call it. Uh, that was a full-fledged Australian team. So, yeah, I know that um, it's not really a big criteria like having T20I experience. But then again, like moving forward, if you want to change how T20I is played in India, I think, you know, these are the small things that I think will go a long way in. Oh, yeah, I, I completely get the point about people who've played that long ago. I mean, maybe the criteria should be that you've retired. I, I don't know why you should have retired at least five years ago. I don't understand that because what? Yeah. What if like Dinesh Karthik wanted to become a selector Probably and he just retired now? You know, I, I get that. Probably yeah, to I, avoid, I get that in a way. Yeah. Yeah, teammates that's that's a good yeah. argument. Yeah, you don't want that bias of just picking people who yeah. you're teammates with. So, okay, let's let's give them the benefit of the doubt there. Five years minimum retired from the game. But then, you know, should you have like another criteria that says that you have to have played within the 2000s or, you know, something like that? Because then otherwise you're going to harp back to all these Sandeep Patils and, you know, you don't want to go Mm. that far back. Do you know what I mean? Even though these guys are great cricketing brains and maybe keep, like you say, a separate selection committee for test matches and even ODIs. 
or just just have a separate test matches and a separate white ball or you know ODIs could go one or the other way but certainly for T20Is you don't want the same selection committee as you do for test cricket and maybe you want more experienced heads doing mm-hmm. the test game and you know it it works both ways do they need a committee that's another question when i think of all these BCCI committees all i think is I mean, I hate Indian politics and it's just so messy and so old school and they're stuck yeah. in like, they talk about the British Raj and all, but they're just basically the same old thing. They're in a room full of wooden oak desks. There's, you know, 150 men all making decisions. It's, they've not moved anywhere, do you know what I mean, since those days. the only. I just have one interesting point to add totally unrelated but i don't know if you've heard of this uh, story where the, uh, in maharashtra there were these two people from the ruling political party they were like it's not raining in maharashtra so they literally got two frogs married because they were like you know this is going to bring rain to us and then because it's monsoon season then and it started raining in Maharashtra and then they were like uh, it's raining a lot and those two frogs literally got divorced and this is a true story this I'm not making this up and yeah that is Indian politics for you so this is not even the British era this is like I don't know where we are living so yeah absolutely mad I and, and that whole is basically, you know, oh, we don't want politics in sport. But basically, the BCCI is a political party, isn't it? And it, and it's always, you know, yeah. stood unopposed, basically, because it's the only one that runs cricket in the country. And um, what it, it's like a dictatorship, basically, isn't it? I shouldn't say political party. It's a dictatorship. Yeah. It's, you know, it's run by different leaders at different times, but they're all dictators. The, the whole body is a dictatorship. Mm. And I mean, I'm not saying it should necessarily be a democracy, but certainly there should be more transparency in all these appointments that are made, yeah. which that's never going to happen. Certainly not as long as people like Jay Shah are around and, you know, his father's the home minister, of course. And there's obviously a lot of that at play. And, you know, we can say it quite openly and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's an open secret, basically. Everyone knows it. Um so there's all that, but it's always men. It's always just a room full of old, usually old men making decisions. Yeah. And all right, Jay Shah is not old, but he's got an old school mentality, mm. hasn't he? It's like everybody walks into the yeah. stadium, everyone kisses his ring. I mean, you know, come on, guys. This, mm. if, if he. Anurag Thakur. Yeah, and, and all these guys, right? And he's a politician, and, you know, this, this, it just annoys me how it's run and do they need this committee now of selectors because they're just going to pick a committee full of old men aren't they and or you know middle-aged men it's not going to be recently retired cricketers you know someone who packed it in five years ago is it it's going to be somebody who packed in a bit longer than that and when we say old men even you know Ganguly's generation they're they're now considered like middle-aged men aren't they so maybe you Mm. want somebody more young and dynamic I'll, I'll give you an example England and not everything about English cricket is perfect as well. The ECB has been corrupt and they've not stamped out racism in the ways that they should. And there's very little uh, sort of positive stuff to say about them. But one positive thing that I will say about the ECB is their whole setup just before um, the Chris Silverwood era, when he came in as coach and then they abolished the selector and he was basically head coach and selector and everything. Mm. And that didn't work. But before that, 
when Ed Smith was appointed as the national selector, he was the national selector. He had the final call on everything. And that's basically what a chief selector on a committee would be. The only difference is there wasn't a committee of like 16 people or even five people or whatever. There was him. And then he had James Taylor, former England batter. And Ed Smith was a former England batter himself as well, played test cricket for England and played for, for Kent for many years. James Taylor, who had to retire prematurely from England because of his heart conditions, is still a young man, was basically his right-hand man. But he wasn't officially a selector. He was more a scout, an advisor. You know, he was like the chief mm. scout who'd be sort of overseeing all the development in county cricket for all the young players coming through. And then there was Mo Bobat, who's still there, who was, you know, one of the main scouts and sort of, I, I don't know what his official title is, but basically mm. he was in charge of bringing young talent into the England setup. So that just three guys, basically. Only one of them had the title of selector and they were making all these decisions. And that that was a quite a good era for English cricket, really, because... They had not only success in white ball cricket, they obviously won the 2019 World Cup. They they were performing well through white ball tournaments in that whole era. And they also started to play a lot better in test cricket because they had a massive slump just before Ed Smith came in. And then that whole refresh just helped them get rid of all that old school mentality of we need a committee, we need to sit down in a room inside Lords mm. and, you know, all these wooden oak tables and all these middle-aged men in suits making decisions. Let's get rid of all that shit and let's just find these young players. Let You know, we, we don't want too, ma- too many cooks spoil the broth, right? Mm. You don't want too many cooks. You want a head chef, a couple of sous chefs, and then you're going to get the best meal at yeah. the end of the day, right? You, if you've got a room or a kitchen rather full of like 16 different chefs, they're all going to have different opinions on how to cook that meal and it's going to go wrong somewhere. It's it's, it's not going to be right. Yeah. So that, that's probably the best way to put it. Should India One do more that? Thing. Yeah, um, I don't know if they should do that, but I can see the advantages of, uh, you know, having such a system. One more thing which can work for them is just get in touch with all the IPL scouts, like all these franchises. I think they have a better scouting system than the BCCI. Um, you know, they are the ones, Mumbai Indians have unearthed um, Hardik Pandya, Bumra, and, you know, all these upcoming talents. They are basically a result of... Um, even Arshdeep, you can say, you know, these IPL scouts. So, and the IPL is the one who've laid out the platform for them. So, why not just, you know, get in touch and be more in contact with the IPL scouts and work closely with the teams? Because these IPLs, they call... And even uh, the people who aren't picked in the squads, they call so many of these for trials. So even if they're not picked for the Indian team, you know, just alert the selectors that, you know, this player from this country or this zone is there and uh, not country, this district. And, you know, he can be a promising player in the future. So just the NCA or the selectors, they can just have an eye on them and monitor their progress. So, yeah, I can... I don't know if India will do that. I don't think they will. They are very rigid in their functionings. But yeah, I can see the advantages of a system like this for Indian. The one thing there that you mentioned earlier is that not all of India's current problems, and even in selecting a team, because selectors select squads, captains and coaches, usually should be a captain really that selects the 11, but with input from the coach. 
That's how it works. And not everything is to do with the selectors. And this series in New Zealand, which has finished, which India won 1-0, thanks to the tie in the third game, which has, has been rained off, um, and the rained off match in the first one as well. Um, so, that, so they win the series. Who cares about that? But they didn't learn anything, I don't think. And, and we'll come to that mm. after this short break. Hi, I'm Mark Majano, broadcaster and Sri Lankan cricket fan. Every week, Estelle Vazu, Devon and myself will drop several episodes of Sri Lanka on 99.94, keeping you up to date on the latest for the Sri Lankan cricketing world. If you want to know what Hasaranga is up to, where Chabri Athapattu scored her runs, or what Naroshan Dickweller has been discussing behind the stumps, then make sure to watch or listen to Sri Lanka on 99.94. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, on YouTube and on the 99. 99- Point nine four app. Join the shrunken crooked conversation and get involved. So India winning that series in New Zealand, I think learning absolutely nothing about. So you know they they might have learnt that it's wrong to maybe open with Ishan Kishan and Rishabh Pant. Not I mean maybe give them a run. Maybe if you feel that that's the right way to go, mm. give them a chance for the next few months in in several different series. Do that. But I just think two left-handers who play very similarly. You know, maybe yeah. you want a little point of difference there. Just have a right-hander at the top and somebody who isn't quite as gun-ho with their style because you can afford one of them. And not that you want an anchor at the other end, but someone who just, you know, isn't a bit... They're, they're not really that game-aware. I don't think at all times in T20s, Ishan Kishan and Rishabh Bunt, they just go hell for leather. And they're almost like Virenda Sehwag left-handed versions in Sewag's early days when he just didn't think about anything. He just used to try and hit the ball every time it came near him. Um, so maybe they've learned that. But look, it's, you can't blame the selectors for not picking Umran Malik, who should have played all three, well, two of the matches that yeah. they could have played in. First one rained off, of course. And you can't blame them for not playing Sanju Sampson, who should have played again, should have been selected uh, in every match that was played in the series and and the, that that's just unforgivable and and it's not even Rohit Sharma it's not even Rahul Dravid or is yeah. it or is it because Lakshman's there maybe it Hardik's is there, because yeah but they're not the permanent guys in charge so maybe they've got a directive yeah yeah maybe maybe it's you know Rahul Dravid calling the shots because Rahul Dravid has loved Deepak Huda he has backed him tremendously even right from his under 19 days they played in Rajasthan Royals together also so Huda's selection time and again is kind of a reflection yeah he did well with the ball but then in crucial moments you don't give him the ball like we saw in the T20 World Cup so I like is he the person for the future is he not um I think it was Rahul Ravid's, you know, call there. And yeah, overall, like, why not just have them play domestic cricket instead? The Vijay Hazare trophy is going on. If you are taking Umran Malik, this is the years where, you know, he's going to develop. Uh, New Zealand could have been helpful for him, you know, friendly conditions. He could have uh, been effective there. If not effective, he could have learned, uh, learned things, you know, how to improve better so instead he could have just played the Vijay Hazari trophy same with Sanju Samson I, I I don't see where this like 
I'm just fed up of talking about this topic again and again because no matter what we talk about, Hardik Pandya comes in, whoever comes in, it's not going to change. So ultimately, uh, like uh, Hardik Pandya, like how will we be able to judge Hardik Pandya the captain? Because uh, is he making these decisions? Is the coach making these decisions? Uh, I don't know what really is going on with the Indian team right now. Like I have no answers. So no. Like, how are they even thinking that Shreya, yeah, Shreya Sayar is decent enough, but he has his struggles against uh, the short pitch bowling. He was dismissed for a first ball duck today. So, for the future, how is someone like Shreya Sayar better than Sanju Samson? So, yeah. Or Prithvi Shaw. Come on, get Prithvi Shaw in this setup, man. As soon as this New Zealand tour's over, get I'm the not... new selectors in. And just someone with a bit of common sense, get Prithvi Shaw in. He's got two years before that T20 World Cup. Now is the time. Just get him in and say, whatever happens, you're going to be opening for me for at least the next year. And we're going to put all our confidence in you. And and trust me, he, he will get runs. He will get runs. He'll get them quickly. Sometimes he'll fail and it will look ugly, but more often than not, he'll do well. So... Anyway, that's 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 what I think. And if if those if that criteria was different, thing. just yeah. quickly, hmm. if that criteria was different, I applied, I got the job. He'd, that'd be the first thing I'd do. So there you go. Just yeah, one thing on Prithvi Shaw is we talk about how it's not a um, cricketing selection, and you know he's omitted for non-cricketing reasons, disciplinary reasons. But I don't really think that's the case. Like uh, I was just reading about Abhimanyu Ishwaran's case last year. So he was picked in the Indian squad. There's a monkey right outside my window right now. Weird. <laughs> UP things. <laughs> so, <laughs> Trying to get in. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So he's ju- jumping open, down wires. Scary. <laughs> uh, no, thankfully not. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So there's Abhimanyu Ishwaran. He was selected in the Indian squad to go to England last year in the test squad didn't play a lot of matches um, didn't play any match actually and reports later came in that the team management was not happy with Ishwaran's you know uh, he's from Bengal they weren't happy with his game against uh, fast bowling and sh- short bowling etc etc and then they got in Prithvi Shaw and Surikumar Yadav as their standby players this was one year ago so Due to all the reports that Prithvi Shaw is not being selected selected because of non-cricketing reasons, because of dis- disciplinary issues, uh, he was right there with the Indian team in the test squad as a standby a year ago. So, yeah, right. I didn't really think of this point before, but uh, it's definitely not non-cricketing re- reasons. And I don't know again why he's not being selected. Yeah, because he was there a year ago. So yep, and hopefully he'll be there again in the near future as well. Right, that's about all we've got time for on this one. Um, sorry if you've listened and your heart's not in it really with this New Zealand tour and and everything that's going on <laughs> with Indian cricket. But just to bring it back to to what a lot of you will be interested in right now, Sarah. I know you've not you've got no interest in the football World Cup. You know some of the bigger teams there, don't you? Give, give us a give us a prediction. Who's going to win? You, you can predict in football, can't you? It doesn't matter. There's it's no like, pressure. It's like me predicting Rugby World Cup. Like, 
no idea who the teams i didn't even know messi is not in barcelona till you told me a few days ago so that's my knowledge but if i had a chance then Italy are not there. France, Italy, are, like, Italy didn't qualify, uh, and they're the reigning see, European see, champions. See, I have zero they're the knowledge. reigning European <laughs> champions, and they didn't qualify. So that just right, shows you said France, my knowledge right? of football. France, so, okay. Yeah. So back-to-back yeah. titles for France. Are they like the? Yeah, well, they're the champions. Oh. So um, well, yeah, I didn't know that either. All right, I'll, so, I'll yeah. go. Obviously, I'd love to see England do well, <laughs> but I've got massive love for Brazil, so I'm going to go Brazil. There you go. Bengal less, will be happy. Bengalis will be happy. Let's see. Well, half of Bengalis will be anyway. Uh, the other half, all Maradona and yeah. Messi fans, uh, Argentinians. Right. Anyway, I've actually seen Messi. Wow, play. have you? I've actually seen Messi play. He had, yeah, he had come to Calcutta Sports right, Stadium for a yes. match against yeah, Venezuela yeah. in 2011. Yes. So I got like VIP tickets and I saw him from very close quarters and. I have zero idea about football, but I've seen Messi play. Yep. So, yeah. One of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time as well. Lucky you. Right. That's all we've got time for. Uh, enough football chat. Uh, we'll be back to the cricket next time. Uh, thanks for listening and see you soon. Thanks for listening to India on 99.94, where we speak cricket every day. Please rate, review and subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcasts. You can download the 99.94 app and follow us on Twitter at Nikesh Rugani and at Swaris 16 Never miss out. Join our 24-7 conversation on social media and follow us at 9994DM. Cricket every day, your way. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. 